1034 Broadway Street. Call us at 307-672-0139 to set up an appointment with Nova's Glass. One night after dinner, my wife asked me if I could clear the table. Well, I had to get a run and start, but by golly, I did it. Speaking of tables, Frackleton's is once again taking online reservations. Just go to Frackleton's.com, click on the Reservations tab, click the number in your party, daytime, booth, table, bar area, main room, or back room, and that table is yours when you get here. Frackleton's, fine food and spirits, Main Street, downtown Sheridan, where good food is good mood. Keeping your cash in a high-yield account is a simple way to save. First Federal Bank & Trust High Yield Online Savings Account comes with a competitive interest rate and local service from people you know. Open the account from the convenience of your computer or mobile device and watch your savings grow. Visit efirstfederal.bank to open your account today or check out our deposit specials. First Federal Bank & Trust, helping our customers succeed since 1935. Member FDIC. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Sheridan Area Search and Rescue is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whiting. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. The Wyoming Department of Transportation has some large projects both in the works and in development for the future. The main streets of both Sheridan and Buffalo are some of the largest projects Wyandotte has undertaken that I have personally ever covered as a reporter. We will discuss what's happening with those projects, but YDOT has a bunch of other projects happening up here in District 4. And joining me this morning is the YDOT Senior Public Relations Specialist for District 4, Laura Dallas, and Jake Wisnot, Resident Engineer. Good morning, YDOT. How are you guys doing? Good morning. We're doing morning, great. Floyd. Now, uh, real quick, uh, before we get into this, I want to know how your summer's going. Uh, I have been driving all over the state lately, past week, and it is just the greenest I think I've ever seen it. It's absolutely beautiful out there. Have you been out able to enjoy? Not as much as I would like to, but yes, it is absolutely gorgeous. It's amazing out there right now. Jake, how about you? Uh, totally. This sort of reminds you of what of why we like to live in Wyoming, doesn't it? It really does. Green out there, lots of moisture this spring, so uh, looking forward to a great summer. You know, um, my wife's from Minnesota, uh, the the land of a thousand lakes, I think it's called, and I thought for sure uh, in our discussions, you know, uh, that she would one day want to go back. And uh, this year we were making our drive down to where we vacation, and she said, you know what, nah, this, this, is, this is home. 
and uh, managed to get her there in just under three years. So <laughs> I've converted her. Uh, and, and it's just gorgeous out there. Folks, if you haven't been out, make sure you get some time. Now, no doubt the Sheridan Main Street project is probably the largest portion of YDOT's plate for both this year and next year, but there are other projects being accomplished around the region. Can you remind us uh, what was going on with the Ranchester Bridge? Oh, the Ranchester Bridge. That's it's a story a to tell, isn't project, it? Project, but the light at the end of the tunnel is there. So, uh, as many of you may know that who've been out there, we are open. Two lanes had to have traffic there with some um, candlesticks. There's the traffic control. Uh, we do have a little bit of work left to do out there just to kind of finish things up, button it up. Um, there's work underneath the bridge yet. We're there along the railroad tracks that needs to be completed. So the end is near, thankfully, uh, which is exciting for, I think, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, you probably have a different opinion. <laughs> Jake, what challenges did you guys face out there with this project? I know weather was one of them. You bet. No, weather was a big challenge for us. Uh, we've also encountered challenges. Um, with uh, the geology, the ground conditions, the soil conditions in place. We've had some um, ground movement. Uh, anybody that's driven over the bridge lately, I'm sure has felt the bump uh, on the north side of the bridge as you come off the bridge or uh, at that abutment. And uh, so, yeah, while it is open to, to two-way traffic right now, we, we will likely need to close that lane and do some, some repair work in there to, to get that fixed up uh, before the, the contractor takes off and closes the project up for good. Now, we had, um, we had to do kind of ground... Um, testing in a way when I was in the army because we put down temporary bridges and we had to make sure that everything was solid before we laid this huge piece of material down that weighed tons and tons. What happened out there? Um, is it just one of those natural things? You put some weight on something, it shifts a little bit. What caused that ground to move around or do we even know that at this point? Uh uh, yeah, and it, uh, like you said, uh, weight, um, new construction, so it, you are susceptible to erosion until that vegetation starts to take place. So you get uh, the moisture levels that we had this winter, uh, as long as well as the the rain events we've had this spring, um, is not good for those slopes. Um, and and uh, yeah, the, there's a relatively high clay content in the soil so that that clay kind of makes a slip plane especially when it gets wet and and you start to see some ground movement you can just see it even in our native soils here in sheridan county um you look at out in the the prairie some of those hillsides and when they get saturated they start to move a little bit and and we've seen some of that on the bridge as well and uh, a couple fairly brutal winters and and uh we're we're definitely behind where we hope to be but like laura said there is light at the end of the tunnel and looking forward to getting that one crossed off the list well that's fantastic to hear that we're all, we're just about there yep just kind of tying up the bow right now yes sir uh now it's it the shifting with the clay is that what's going on east of sheridan here uh, we've got those i don't know if you the can slides. call it, is that what they're called mm -hmm. slides uh, those have been out for a while, uh, or, or they, we've got the cone type of deals blocking that little section off. What happened, what was it, last year, maybe the year before? Nasty little slide. Was that clay that yeah. we know of? Yeah, that's pretty much the same problem that we have going on out there, and it, it seems like they new ones pop up 
almost every year. Um, Existing ones get worse almost every year. So um, that is on our plate this year. We we fixed a couple last uh, last. It'd be late summer, early fall. We fixed a couple, and the contractor's due to fix a couple of more. And it'll it unfortunately it will be an ongoing thing for for this area it'll be every couple of years we've got to get out there and do some repair work on some of those slopes you know when it comes to laying down roads there's there's such a a myriad of things that you need to know before you start laying that down and then things can shift on you and you know and and the high clay content in the soil around here has posed a lot of problems uh, from the sounds of it, uh, driving over here, you've got that big slide on the hillside. That's I don't know if that's constantly moving or what, but it seems like vegetation has a problem growing there. So I would imagine it's either continuing to slowly move, or it just too much clay. Yeah, and and once they start sliding, it uh, it even makes them worse because that that allows. A plane that as water runs off runs down the slope it'll actually saturate the the material that's already slid add weight to it and then kind of lubricate that plane so you get even more movement so once they start going um, they usually don't get better they usually only get worse Jake how do we mitigate that uh, <laughs> the ideally uh, when you're under construction you try and use the most suitable soil ultimately you're sort of at the mercy of what's what's around what what's around you in the region so um we have lots of specs for different uh material contents clay contents in our soils when we're newly constructing a roadway um but ultimately you're you're sort of at the mercy of what you have and what's available and you've got to sort of make the best of it do you see a retaining well in that area's future uh, certainly possible in some areas uh, we have we have done some retaining type structures um, they're fairly costly so if we can get in there and repair them the the scoria that we have in the region that that we that's sort of our preferred uh, fix method is to add scoria it allows water and uh, water to drain and it's relatively light so so we like uh, scoria as a material anybody that's uh, traveled between here and buffalo have probably probably seen that in the medians and on the outside edges where we'll actually remove a lot of that high clay content soil and we'll go back in with scoria which does seem to help and uh, seems to hold up and we'll probably kind of continue with that method as it's been pretty successful for us you know when i was a little kid I thought laying down a road was just laying down a road. There's so much involved in this. You start to understand why this whole process is so dang expensive. Because laying down road is not cheap. Now, uh, I'm going to switch switch gears on you. Outside of Main Street, is there any road replacement or resurfacing going on within District 4? Yeah, we have a lot of highway interstate work going on right now. Um, there's two projects south of Buffalo that we're working on on the interstate. We're going to be starting work on US 16 up on the mountain west of Buffalo um, from Hazleton down the mountain towards our Pole Creek camp. We're going to be doing a mill and overlay, and that's going to be starting, I think, in July sometime. So Buffalo's kind of seeing a lot of activity. And then we have some a lot of um, mill and overlays, resurfacing projects, um, 
just west of Gillette, we're doing a section in there, and then the two bigger projects um, along I-90 in the Sundance area from the state line into Sundance, we've got some um, big projects there. So that's the paving for the most part in our um, district. Our maintainers are also out doing pavement um, projects where they're just doing spot paving. Um, so that's they're out and about doing that as well as mowing the right-of-ways and the medians and trying to get caught up with the grass with this rain they're they're a little ahead of their schedule typical schedule of mowing so but they are out there so hang in there people <laughs> now i did see some fences being replaced mm -hmm. uh on the way to work this morning they've been out there i think two days now tearing that down and kind of replacing that is that just that's just maintenance nothing new yeah most times with a highway maintenance or highway paving project there's usually a fence component to that project as well but then we also have some just maintenance contracts for fencing and replacing and up updating fencing so that's probably what you saw out there now uh steamboat us 14 uh steamboat point can you talk a little bit more on that one Jake, I'll let you handle that one. Yeah, you bet. So uh, we're talking slides. That, that's what we've got going uh, up just below Steamboat Point on uh, US 14 there. So uh, the contract was just let and awarded um, to uh, Coggins and Sons. They're a, sort of a specialty geotechnical contractor out of Colorado. So they, uh, we talked to retaining walls earlier. They are building a, a type of retaining wall just uh, downslope of the highway so um, we'll build a wall and drill some anchors into that slope in order to protect the roadway it, it's a little you have to kind of be looking for it as, as you're driving up there but uh, yeah it's just just below steamboat there off into the deep canyon above the little tongue river there's a pretty good uh, pretty good slide in progress mm -hmm. man and that just goes back to what we were talking about before doesn't it it's just the material that we're building on is is difficult yes sir prevents a lot of challenges as we go forward you know it's it's one of those situations where i gotta ask you know is, is you're sitting there and you get to know the area if there's a project that comes across your desk and you know that there's a lot of clay in that you just shake your head in frustration <laughs> knowing what's coming yeah and and we definitely push to if we we see problem areas or we we sort of forecast that we're going to see issues in the future we'll definitely take those opportunities to remove as much unsuitable material as possible and, and import some good material in order to to maybe prevent something from sliding or moving in the future when we look at a project jake when it first comes down this needs fixed or we're going to put a new road in here what is the time frame from the time it hits your desk to the time shovels go in the ground years uh i would say typically pro six seven years oh wow uh, from from when the project's first identified to it works its way through our project development process and we're um analyzing the project from a bunch of different angles and trying to come up with the most cost effective way to preserve and maintain the road for as long as possible man that's that planning process is really really long how many projects would you say are kind of in a funnel right now uh if you were to just guess i know you don't have numbers in front of you so i'm i'm pretty much strictly sheridan county i would say uh a rough estimate there's probably 20 plus projects that are kind of uh 
on on my desk, I guess, or in into various stages of development, uh, out into uh, 2030 time frames, right at this point. So yeah. Wow. If you want to stay busy, go work for YDOT, right? <laughs> yeah, job security. <laughs> Keep you busy. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to have more. We'll talk some Main Street when we return. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. Quiet while I'm speaking. It is I, English hammer-throwing champion 1969, or as most of you know me, Headmistress Trenchbull. Your presence is required at the Wyo Theatre on June 14th through the 17th at 7pm for performances of Wyo Plays Matilda the Musical Junior. All those who do not go to the Wyo Theatre box office or wyotheatre.com to purchase tickets will be sent to Turkey. Has your home become the proverbial money pit? Everything is going wrong, things are breaking on the daily, and you can't afford to fix them. Nor do you want to. Let Wyo Renovation assist you. They will buy any property in any location, no matter what issues it has. They will get you cash, probably more than you could get anywhere else. And you can walk away and let them bring the property back to life. Learn more at wyorenovation.com or find them on Facebook. In this day and age, everyone's looking for a great value deal. Well, look no further than your locally owned McDonald's. The $3.50 value deal is available at your McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Choose from a McDouble, hot and spicy, or six-piece chicken McNuggets, plus a small fry for $3.50. Now that is a value. Don't forget to download the McDonald's app for even more great deals. Look no further for a great value deal than your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. If your pops is tops, enter the pops is tops Father Day sweepstakes online at SheridanMedia.com. You could win your pop a $300 gift card to blow earn lumber in Sheridan. Did you know they have Father's Day gifts? Don't let your dad go without one. Enter the Pops' Tops Father's Day sweepstakes from now through June 15th for a chance to win a $300 gift card to Blowdorn Lumber in Sheridan. Just go to the contest page online at SheridanMedia.com. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Sheridan Area Search and Rescue is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. And welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, I am speaking with Laura Dallas. She's the YDOT Senior Public Relations Specialist for District 4. And I've also got with us Jake Wisnott. He's our resident engineer for YDOT. Now, the Sheridan Main Street Resurfacing and Utility Project is progressing along. Laura, are we on schedule? 
or less. More or less. I, yeah. I, I accept that. Yeah, that's that's a good sign. Yeah, we're doing really well on that project. Now, uh, where are we in regards to that progress? So we are actually yesterday we poured concrete on Dow Street and First Street. So that is promising. Um, we're hoping to be opening Dow and First the week of June 26th. So we got another what, week and a half till we're going to have that um, closed down there. Then we'll be opening up that. But that also means that we'll be closing the next section of Main Street. So the same week of June 26th, we're going to be closing Alger to Grinnell. So people need to start making plans for that. Now, a couple of quick questions. First off, uh, this rolling project is going along just exactly as it's planned. How many blocks do we estimate are going to be done this year? Well, this year's schedule is pushing us to Brundage. So that's what we're shooting for. Okay. I think we're very well, that's very well achievable. So. And we're going to hit a spot where we just decide not to go on to the next block, and we'll just finish up the last ones as they come along. Right. I think once they, we are done with the tie-ins there at Down First Street, and Jake, correct me if I'm wrong, um, the contractors are thinking we're just going to roll down Main Street. So we'll assess it as the months come along. If we are further ahead of schedule by the time, you know, Brundage comes along, there may be a chance that we'll just push to Lauks and eliminate one more block this season. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Which would be awesome because then we can, the next two summers would be a much shorter um, closure period. So, Now, Jake, what are the advantages to using concrete over asphalt? Biggest advantage is just life expectancy. So it, it just lasts a lot longer. So it's it, the existing pavement down there is 50 years old. Um, that's that's pretty good. We've we've definitely got our money's worth out of that. So uh, you know, going back in with concrete, yes, it's a little more expensive, but also um, we do understand and realize, hey, this is a headache for uh, the businesses, Sheridan as a whole. So we want to do it as few times as possible. So get in there, uh, get it paved back to concrete, and then. Hopefully we're out of your hair for another 50 years. So that's the life expectancy, about 50 years. Yeah, in the, you know, 30 to 50 range, uh, there's, you know, environmental factors that can play into it. But, but yeah, in that range. Now, when it comes to, because those who, who know, know that the earth is constantly shifting under our feet. Uh, things are constantly moving. Are there any disadvantages to using a harder material like concrete over asphalt in regards to cracks and things like that um it, you know if if the concrete is not installed correctly um if you don't have a good solid base underneath of you um yes it, it can because it you know it can crack and open up and and allow water waters we talked about it earlier in respect to slides water's pretty much a death now to to all types of road construction so you want to get that water away from your road as much as possible but uh generally speaking if you if you uh install it correctly on a good solid base um your concrete has has very few disadvantages uh as as opposed to an asphalt whereas it's harder than asphalt when a crack does form water gets in there freezes is it less uh is it more resilient to that push that creates potholes uh 
I would say it's a little more resilient to potholes is you know it, it, with the the reinforcement kind of tying things together um, I would I would call it a little bit more resilient uh, at the same time it, you know once you you get a, a crack or a series of cracks unless you and and we there is maintenance strategies to get in there and seal those cracks but uh, as the water infiltrates and you you do get the freeze thaw more cracks are going to develop unless you get them sealed up yeah and now is when it comes to maintaining this new road who will that fall on? Uh, that'll be YDOT. So that'll be YDOT. Yep, yeah, YDOT will, will maintain the road. Uh, hopefully we don't have to touch it with any, uh, you know, actual infrastructure maintenance outside of uh, plowing or anything, but um, infrastructure maintenance for, for quite a while after we come through. Generally, we get a pretty good run of uh, not having to do much with the road, but, um, you know, in the you know 10 20 year time frame we may have to come back and do kind of some minor uh minor upkeep and, and it wouldn't be a full reconstruction process like we're going through right now laura how are the information dissemination meetings going are you getting a lot of attendance actually no really They're pretty quiet which is great <laughs> <laughs> um, you know we have some uh, some people that show up regularly, just good supporters, are um, just more curiosity than anything. Business owners on Main Street, so we do have that. But for the most part, it's pretty quiet, which is, I guess, means that no one has really any issues. That's so. that's that's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, and and folks, if if you are interested in learning more about this Main Street project, this is going to happen only once every fifty years. Fingers crossed, right, Jake? Yes. Um, so this is something kind of maybe once or twice in a generation uh get on down there it's a fascinating process uh something that a lot of people don't know about now i did promise folks we would go over uh some buffalo project uh now this our crews kind of taking notes on lessons learned from the sheridan main street to apply to the construction that's going to be going on in buffalo when does that start Sure, yeah. Uh, Buffalo is slated to start next year. Uh, my counterpart, uh, Stephen Charles down in Buffalo, would be overseeing that one. But yeah, w just in general, YDOT is very big on, on lessons learned from other areas, same as you know with our Main Street project that's ongoing. Um, we took a lot of lessons that were learned in other towns throughout the state that had, had to go through a, a major reconstruction. So yeah, there will be some take takeaways there's there's some some differences but probably more similarities than differences into in what's going to go on in buffalo and uh, we'll definitely be taking some some key takeaways that we can apply down there laura will this be a rolling as well is that the technique that they're going to want to apply i think we haven't determined how that's going to happen quite yet which um, would be best for the city yeah yeah it, uh, there's talks of we'll do one lane and then flip over the other lane. I just nothing been has been finalized. We're in re, in the final plans right now, so we'll be planning on having a public meeting probably the end of July, and updating the community on that. So hopefully, we'll have a better idea what it's going to look like next year. Because this is a much longer project, isn't it? Yeah, the scope of the project is interstate to interstate, and then the old um, highway is going to be paved as well. So it's, there's a lot of asphalt going down and concrete going down on that project. But, That's incredible. Um, yeah, it's going to be a big project. 
that's going to be a, a, a very full one. Uh, now, I want to thank you both for coming in, taking time out of your busy day, because I know both of you have just schedules are probably packed and uh, laura i appreciate you taking this uh when it when you did i planned on calling you before vacation and that was my mistake yeah, so thank fine. you for jumping in last minute <laughs> thank you for having us it's always a pleasure having you guys uh and and extremely informative thank you both no problem Thanks thank for you it. all right when we come back we're going to speak with the sheridan conservation district you're listening to public pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 fm Shared. Our service department offers the best in automotive service to our customers. Hi, this is Chris Hayden from Waring Sheridan Chevrolet. Our facility has the latest diagnostic repair equipment, and our highly skilled technicians will deliver the most efficient and quality vehicle care you can find. We offer an oil change, tire rotation, and inspect your vehicle to make sure your vehicle is running its best. That includes free pickup and delivery within the Sheridan city limits. Plus, if your vehicle is in need of any mechanical repairs, we have the best team of technicians to get you up and running. Waring Chevrolet, 107 East Alger. Unleash your outdoor aces this summer with the help of C&B Supply, your one-stop shop for tools and yard supplies. At C&B Supply, they understand that a well-stocked toolbox is essential for any outdoor project. They have just the items to help you fill it, from grills to gardening to landscaping that got you covered. C&B Supply is here to transform your yard into a summer paradise. Visit C&B Supply on Heartland Drive Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. and Saturday, 8 to 3. The City of Sheridan Weedon Pest Division would like to announce that mosquito fogging will begin starting the week of June 12th and continue through the mosquito breeding season. Fogging will take place Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday evenings when necessary. For more information, to report heavy concentrations of mosquitoes, or to request that your home be in a no-spray zone, please call the mosquito hotline at 307-655-8297 or visit the website at www.sheridanwy.gov. Saddle up for Chris Ledoux Day, Saturday, June 17th in KC, Wyoming. The rodeo starts at 2 p.m. with exciting saddle bronc and bareback riding competitions leading up to the street dance and party with Reckless Kelly, Ned Ledoux, and Bren Hill. Admission is $30 for both the rodeo and the dance. Proceeds benefit college and high school rodeo scholarships and Make-A-Wish, Wyoming. Chris Ledoux Day, Saturday, June 17th in KC, Wyoming. Sponsored in part by Sheridan Media. Mowing the lawn, working out, walking the dog. It's never been easier to keep your favorite music, current local news, sports, and weather information right there with you. Sheridan Media will keep you company wherever you go with our smartphone apps. Visit SheridanMedia.com app and choose the stations you want. Live streams of your favorite hit music, rock, country, classics, and the best talk shows on the radio, all for free. And with podcasts of Public Pulse in the 90s at 9, you can listen when it fits your schedule. SheridanMedia.com app. Your business deserves a strong partner. First Federal Bank and Trust provides cash management services to help your business collect, disperse, and manage funds. Whether you need merchant services or positive pay fraud protection, our team will find the tools that best support your business. Contact a cash management officer today by visiting efirstfederal.bank. First Federal Bank and Trust is your partner in success. Member FDIC. 
Who loves the people of Buffalo and their businesses? Range does. And they want you to stop by their pop-up event on Friday, June 16th from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Crazy Woman Square. Range is all about supporting the local and Main Street businesses that make Buffalo special. And they're showing their appreciation with a celebration. Pop on down for free coffee, juice, and donuts. And if you're a downtown Buffalo business with Range Fiber, then chat with their team to learn about their exciting internet service. Plan on Friday, June 16th, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Crazy Woman Square on Main Street in Buffalo. Branded with quality, Shipton's Big Art. It's all right here, everything you need, Shipton's Big Art. Dads are born from work. Carhartt Force T-shirts are built for heat. At Shipton's Big R, just in time for Father's Day, all Carhartt Force T-shirts are now 25% off. They stretch and breathe better. It's hot outside. Carhartt Force Pocket Tea technology fights sweat and dries fast so your dad can stay cool and comfortable. Not only dads, maybe you too need to take advantage of the great savings. And what an assortment of colors. Shipton's Big R is stocked with your size. Now through June 18th, all Carhartt Force Pocket Tees are 25% off. Available at Shipton's Big R on Sugarland Drive in Sheridan. Branded with quality. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by the Sheridan County Conservation District Manager, Carrie Rogoshowski, and the NRCS District Conservationist, Andrew Cassidy. Good morning, Sheridan County Conservation District. Good morning, Floyd. Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Now, how's your summer been so far? Busy. It's been Busy good and wet. Yes, rains every afternoon. It's uh, perfect. You know, right here in the northwest. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, when I was a kid, I kind of remember that being the weather. Yeah. For this time of year, sure. you get you get good days, but yep. around three o'clock, it's gonna get nasty outside for right. a little bit. In uh, the evening, it clears off. Yeah, and, and then yeah. and then it goes yeah. out. Yeah. My wife and I just got back from a camping trip. We got up to Cottonwood Lake. Unfortunately, about three o'clock in the afternoon uh she is learning how to camp over the last couple of years and so she was in charge of the fire this year and it took us about an hour to get everything going once she had it going it stayed going Good. but uh you know that was a pretty big challenge right yeah. everything up there yeah. is wet everything well and i haven't had to water my garden or oh know, wow there but, you go but the weeds are are loving it too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, there's yep. there's a downside. There's that, yeah, there's a downside to all of it. Now, uh, Carrie, does the district have like a busy time of year, or are yes, you guys kind of? Uh, <laughs> so it's this way all year round. Well, we used to. When years ago, it always felt like we had a little bit of a lull in the winter times, where you could kind of catch your breath and and get caught up a little bit. But it doesn't seem like either for any of us in our office that that's the case anymore we kind of just stay yeah. busy all the time certainly it's the more sort of thematic what what sort of things are we doing right you know, summertime's go time for for projects field building things getting out seeing stuff when all it, those things you do a lot of the planning 
in the winter. Right. 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 Grant writing, management it's reporting, sort of paper, that paperwork, kind of the paperwork season. <laughs> yeah, the grant writing. I Which, could only imagine. With winters like we had, it's not too bad to be at the desk. Uh, yeah. Instead of standing out in a snowdrift. <laughs> Although we've done that once in a while too. Yeah. <laughs> we've done some tours in twenty below yeah. in the snow at times. Just. Now let's get to know our conservation district. What is the organization's mission? So our <laughs> official mission, I guess the way we have it written on our website, is to um, protect Sheridan County's water and land quality. And we do that through assistance programs, information outreach, um, monitoring, and planning. Now, uh, how does the district accomplish this throughout the year? We write... We write grants in the winter and there were boots on the ground during the summertime but who makes up your team i mean how big is the conservation district so the conservation district and and all of them throughout wyoming are governed by five member volunteer board of supervisors um they are elected officials actually you've probably voted for them or or skipped that part um, hopefully people are voting yes they are and i'm just i say that flippantly but um they are on the november general election ballot nonpartisan ballot um and then we have two staff um jackie and myself that kind of implement the programs and and direction priorities that the board sets um and then we do that in partnership predominantly with usda um, Natural Resources Conservation Service, we're co-located with them, but we also work with a lot of other partners throughout the community. We couldn't do our job without um, a lot of the great organizations that we have in the community and the landowners, the private landowners that choose to do projects, give us access for monitoring, um, make uh, uh, management decisions on their own, you know, and so um, we really couldn't do our job without all of those amazing partners and landowners in the county. Now, are you guys able to work with other 501c3s, or does it get muddy right there because of your connection to a government? Um, no, we do do a lot of work with um, 501c3s. We're, we're a special district, so we are a local unit of government, political subdivision of state government, but we we function primar- primarily as a nonprofit, meaning we don't um, uh, offer services and things for a profit, and we we don't have a large funding base. We're predominantly grant funded, so a lot of soft money. So we function a lot as a nonprofit, but we are a special district, and, and we navigate that fairly well. It's it's really interesting. <laughs> it's got it's got to be kind of difficult, though. Uh, I mean, because you're not this, but you're not that. It has challenges, mostly when you try to explain very shortly when people ask, "So, what do you do?" Yeah. Well, <laughs> how long do you have? And uh, so, but um, it does have challenges, but it's also very rewarding. And over the years, we've just managed to, again, with a lot of support from other local governments, other um, agencies and nonprofits and other organizations, we just um, work with all of them. And we try to serve as the uh, coordination arm or facilitator of a lot of those different things. So we might not be the the only one at the table. For example, the Working Lands Workshop that we talked about here before, it really wasn't, it's not our thing per se, but we can serve to coordinate a lot of those other resources that are being brought to the table so we can focus them to to do a certain thing. Have, have you had in the past, I'm sure, but uh, maybe recently over the last couple of years, 501c3s reach out to you asking for support in various projects? 
Um, yes, and 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 then conversely, we reach out to them as well. So it, it's it is definitely a two way street. But yeah, we do work with um, various five hundred one c threes and um, other entities as yeah. well. We've worked with the Nature Conservancy, the Land Trust. Yeah, um, our our partnership. You know, we we like Carrie said, we're the same same office, and we're kind of two historically conservation districts and the and the usda have been uh parallel uh, both coming out of the dust bowl era yeah um, our agency was was what was originally known as the soil erosion service in response to you know the the southern plains dust bowl Ooh, the great depression catastrophe yeah. yeah good times um, yeah <laughs> and, and and became the soil erosion service and then in the middle 90s we did in terms of uh uh being attentive to the broadening mission and uh, the interrelationship between all of those natural resources things, we became the Natural Resources Conservation Service. But the conservation district, so we're at the federal agency and and uh, um, in Department of Agriculture. But the conservation districts are kind of the the local partner, yeah. and. Uh, um, um, for the same reasons, came about at about the same time, uh, and have have been uh, the the intertwined partnership for ever since. Wow. So. And part of that reasoning um, came down from there was a desire to have some sort of local oversight over federal conservation programs. Yeah. So there are conservation districts in all states, and, and each one is a little different. And even, you know, the the whole local localness of it, if that can use that as a word today, um, our programs are different than those in our neighboring counties, um, and, and because the needs are different. Exactly. And so we still have these federal programs that are um, developed um, at you know in D.C. at the national level, but taking some sort of a local entity to direct those the way they need to be needed for your own area. And some of the projects that are going on around here, what is water quality monitoring field season that is a mouthful <laughs> it is a mouthful um so as part of just um our our to round out our program um the district since um 1996 has been involved in water quality monitoring throughout the county to supplement i mean certainly there are other um federal and state agencies that do some monitoring but um, their their jurisdiction is a, is a larger area so they can't really focus in and we've been doing monitoring since 1996 in this county we have and it involves going out in the field taking water quality samples in a certain um, certain locations in certain periods and then looking at that and evaluating that to identify where we can um, where our programs make the most sense or where and to track long-term changes in that water quality to see if some of the other aspects of that program, our water resources program, the outreach and information aspect, or the um, where we can provide funding for water quality improvement projects to see over time, you know, are we, are we making a difference or things or how can we best direct our programs? Now, when it comes to monitoring water, uh, are we pretty lucky up here, located where we yes. are? Uh, because sure. we're, we're right off the mountain. I'm, um, mm -hmm. No offense to anybody down there on the flatlands mm -hmm. or, you know, closer to the south where everything kind of runs out that way. Sure. But Abundant, uh, clean water. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, when I was in the Army, we did some training on the Mississippi. And I just, it was during rain season. Sure. So to be fair to them, <laughs> everything was coming down. Chocolate milk. Yeah, that's the whole river. <laughs> Uh, for yeah. days and days, and yeah. and I just thought, man, that's got to be difficult yeah. 
to yeah. to manage. Right, and that's that's the idea of non-point sources that uh, the the watersheds aggregate uh, the contributions from across the landscape. And when you're in a place like the Mississippi, you're at the very bottom of those those watersheds that. You know, in our case, it's it's Goose Creek that goes to uh, Tongue River, that goes to the Yellowstone, that goes to the Missouri, and uh, Missouri to the Mississippi. And so everything that happens here ends up there, plus... Plus whatever plus it picks up along right, the way. Right. right, right. And so that's that's kind of the idea, is to... Uh, try to try to do what we can to maintain quality um you know these monitoring efforts can be kind of either proactive or reactive uh, when we have when we reactive tends to be sort of a regulatory thing when when there's a the known a known problem think the cuyahoga river on fire in the 60s in in uh, ohio i believe um that yeah we've got a big problem so we need to do something about it and we're in the opposite circumstance where we have uh, very high quality water we have a lot of it and to be responsible uh stewards of that resource we uh, want to make sure that it stays that way and absolutely can. Yeah. and that being said we do have some room for improvement as anywhere would i mean we do have um um, uh, some water quality concerns and that's what we try to address through our programs um, things related to as Andrew mentioned those sorts of diffuse pollutants that come across the landscape in periods of high runoff or storm events that um, find themselves in the water and so working with landowners as I mentioned earlier those are some of our bigger partners because they're the ones that that choose to do a project and then we can provide the resources to help that and that might be moving corrals off the creek or improving vegetation cover um, through grazing management or fencing stock water those types of things and um, our programs everything we do is offered on a voluntary basis we're not a regulatory agency I always like to say that even Andrew shop we're government but we're not regulatory government you're we're not making unique. this decision we're not we we're not make we have no ability and nor do we really want any to enforce any any sort of regulations but we are there uh, to serve people that that want to make some changes or, or want some assistance and you know knowing ranchers grew up around in my entire life my father uh, a big cow horseman um you know they're the ones <clears throat> excuse me they're the ones who are going to say hey i need improvement in my water they they don't want this dirty you know right, so sure. if all yeah. i got to do is move some corrals yeah. i can do that right or, or or maybe i don't feed here i feed over there and yeah, right. so you know really the farmers and the ranchers are such they're the best stewards of the yep. land in oh, my for opinion. sure for and sure. and so it's great to know that you know your organizations exist so they can turn to you and say you know what i got a problem and i need some help and that's i the need thing. Yep. you know sometimes people want to do things or or they maybe they don't even understand and so that's where the awareness piece comes in it's not um you know things were settled a certain way back in the day because that was the technology that was there or that was the the situation that was there you settled on the creek because that's where the water was you couldn't put a tank yep. you know, up in the hills so as things happen and, and so to provide those resources um to make to give that assistance sometimes you need help now i don't know if i've given us enough time but uh, uh, get, I get fascinated, especially when it comes to water. It's a yeah. very yeah. important issue. A lot of people sure. will say, you know, oh, well, water's water. But it's not. It's, not. Right. it's, it's something not. that we've got to keep an eye on. More now, more. for those who don't know, 
what is going on with the former Acme power plant and what are the <laughs> issues uh, that demand the, the conservation oh. district's involvement? Right. Um, <laughs> that's, so a, that's a bit of a loaded a, it's question, a, it's right? A loaded, no, it's a, it's a huge project, and it's a very interesting project. So it, the district became involved out there as early. We started looking at it. One of our supervisors had seen a different kind of presentation about this type of situation at another part of the state and said, hey, we have a site like that. What do we, what do we think? And I was like, I don't think we can do anything there. But we started talking again to some other partners. This, we we really as a district don't do anything alone which is yeah. the beauty of it um but we talked to some of our other partners um and asked what you know what are your thoughts and so we just kind of started dipping our toe in looking into things and eventually acquired the property in 2017 um, so that we could participate in certain cleanup programs at the federal and state levels um you had to be an owner of the site to do so um so we did acquire that and we are just working with again a lot of other partners coordinating cleanup efforts out there it was constructed in 1910 ceased operations in 1976 it has some um, soil contamination um, large quantities of asbestos within the buildings and outside um, so we know again as a district we're we're just trying to help pull the pieces together we're, we're not doing it alone but we have great partners with epa and deq and others locally we did receive some funding um, over a million dollars over the last year to begin um, removing the asbestos within the building and some of the debris in the soils. I mean, there's like 900 tires out there, plus My a goodness. few hot tubs and campers and whatever you want, actually. just well, Were people using that as a dump site, Carrie? I think a little bit, yeah. It had been under some... Uh, just questionable ownership up over the years, which There's is part of the. There was auto oh, recycling, okay. auto crushing, battery yeah. storage. You know, in addition to just the plant operation, which again was not necessarily done poorly. Just technology was different, materials were different. You know, asbestos was widely used, and then it just kind of fell into disrepair. In fact, some of the conversations we've had with people that lived or worked out there said at the time it was very clean and it was very um advanced technology for its time it was wow yeah, yeah. so clean you could eat off the floor is what some of they were there was a, it was a sense of pride and then it just kind of fell as things do when they're not being used fell yep. into disrepair um and so our um we're not entirely you know the big question we always get asked is well what's it going to be what are you going to do with it well the, our first priority is to clean it up to remove the environment environmental contamination it is right on the bank of the river um certainly things can spread from the soils into the river the asbestos itself in the building is a huge concern um and um so our first step regardless of whether the building stays or goes um if it if it were to be demolished you'd still have to address the asbestos so we picked the easy pieces so we know we've got the soils issues and we know we have asbestos in the building so let's take care of those and then we'll see kind of where we're at I, I, hate to, I hate to say it, but I, I've, I've run us out of time talking about water, which I apologize. Carrie, Andrew, come back. Yes, please do. <laughs> I want to thank you both so much for taking time out of your yeah. day, though. I know you guys are thank busy, you. and you're in your busy time of year. Yeah, so time. thanks for stopping in, and get uh, let's get you scheduled again. I, I right. do yeah, enjoy we'll these the conservation. I, I want to talk about this Acme Power Plant uh, in depth. <laughs> yes. All right, you've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan.
Did you know One Health cares for all of you, your physical, your behavioral, and your social health? We're proud to continue to offer primary care, immunizations, pediatrics, senior wellness, and now dental services. One Health is a passionate team offering exceptional care for the entire body, all under one roof for all ages and all income levels, accepting Medicaid, Medicare, private insurance, as well as a sliding fee scale, in-person and telehealth. So schedule your next wellness exam. One Health is now located in the train depot and at onehealthcaresforall.org. For the next two weeks, every piece of bedroom furniture at Moss Holders Design Center is on sale. Moss Holders carries lots of bedroom manufacturers, so you can find the look, the quality, and the pricing you're after. Moss Holders carries handmade barnwood beds, bedroom pieces finished by the Amish, as well as budget-minded bedroom furniture for a kid's room or guest bed. Whether you need just one nightstand or an entirely new master suite, every bedroom purchase is on sale at Moss Holders. Moss Holders Bedroom Sale runs through June 24th. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan and Honda and Power Sport. Tommy, hi. I'm so excited the mountain is finally open. Oh, me too. And we have a showroom full of ATVs, side-by-sides, and bikes ready to get down and dirty. And for the month of June, select models qualify for interest rates at 1.99 for 36 months and 3.99 for 60. Wow, I do have my eye on that CRF 450R. Tommy, you would crush the competition on that bike. And when you come in, bring your used Power Sport to put some extra money in your pocket. Check out the selection at Sheridan Power Sports for your new adventure. Summer's here. That means warm weather road trips. You're ready, but is your car ready? Are your tires safe for hot weather driving? Midas Tire and Auto has rebates up to 170 bucks on name brand tires like Michelin, BFG, Cooper, and Hankook. Is your vehicle's air conditioner running on empty? New or old, including the most recent YF Freon systems, Midas works on all AC systems, getting and keeping you safely on the road for this summer's travels. See Midas Tire and Auto in Sheridan. Champion Funeral Home is dedicated to providing compassionate and personalized service to your families. They provide support, personable care, and affordable prices to Sheridan and Johnson County and surrounding areas. Champion Funeral Home has been family-owned and operated since 1911. They will comfort you in your time of need and provide your family with a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Contact Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6369. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. K-R-O-B.